Okay, so we have given Maureen McMurray the week off to think about her transitions, and producer Sarah Plord is with us. Hello, producer Sarah Plord. Hello, host Virginia Prescott. All right, what fun literary food fact do you have for us today? Did you know that Elizabeth Bishop single-handedly introduced brownies to the country of Brazil? I knew she lived there, but brownies? How did that happen? Well, so she claims... In a letter to Robert Lowell in 1957, she wrote, Since Brazilians are mad about anything chocolate, I have been requested to bring along four dozen brownies, something I've introduced to Brazil, and a large chocolate cake. Well, Brazil should be really grateful. (laughs) Do you want to know who introduces me to new foods? I'm going to guess Blue Apron. Well done. I recently made the yellow tomato and fontina pizza, and it was even better than delivery. Honestly, because of the effort, it was easy. It was so satisfying to pull it out of the oven. It is so easy. And Blue Apron sends you pre-portioned ingredients and delicious seasonal recipes right to your door, all for less than $10 a meal. You can check out this week's menu, and you can get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash 10 minute. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash 10 minute. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Like the lead character in a finely crafted novel, a memorable colleague can make or break a workplace. If you've ever had to fill a position at your job, you know finding the perfect candidate can be challenging. Even if you have the job description down pat and the office set up, you still need to make sure the right people see it. And that's where ZipRecruiter can help. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. You can quickly screen candidates and rate them and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small and medium-sized businesses. And right now, 10-Minute Writers Workshop listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash 10-minute. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash 10-minute. One more time. It's free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash 10-minute. I'm John Scalzi, and this is the 10-Minute Writer's Workshop. And I'm Virginia Prescott with the Hugo Award-winning author of science fiction, both serious and less so. John Scalzi is an internet star from way, way back. He's former president of the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America, and perhaps best known for his Old Man's War series, his blog, Whatever, and his novel, Red Shirts, which is currently being developed for television. John Scalzi joined us at the NHPR studios while on tour for The Collapsing Empire, the first novel of a new space opera sequence set in an all-new universe. John, which is harder for you to write? Is that that first sentence or getting to the finish? It's always the first sentence because I can spend an infinite amount of time not writing that first sentence. So what do you do when it's not coming to you? I would like to say that I spend time in contemplation. What I end up doing is checking out Twitter and answering email and annoying my cats. So what's the best environment for you writing? You know, what's on your desk? Where are you? Usually when I'm writing, I'm writing at home, and I have a home office, and 
literally every book I've written except for one has been written there. And it's just a standard-sized room. I had a desk specifically made that is too small to put anything but a computer on to minimize distraction. And it, and it points into a corner of my room. So, you know, I can't even look out the windows. I just have to look at the computer screen. And uh, that's where I usually get uh, most of my work done. I travel a lot now. Um, so I try to get work done when I'm on the road. And I'm only middling successful with that. So when I go home, I have to make up for lost time. Do you put blinders on? <laughs> What I do is I put the electronic version of blinders on, which is between uh, 8 o'clock in the morning and noon, which is my prime writing time. I disconnect the Internet because the instant that I am on Twitter or Facebook, uh, I am lost for the day because we live in exciting times. Um, and so it's just very easy to get distracted. But you have a lot of people following you on Twitter, too. There's a lot of interaction going on there. There is a lot of interaction. And the way that I, I talk about the Internet, and particularly for me for Twitter, is that it's an attractive nuisance um, because there are so many people saying so many interesting and clever things there, and it allows me to say interesting and clever things. And when you type on Twitter or online, uh, it feels like you're writing. Um, but it's the, it's the equivalent of, of empty calories. You actually have to actually get off the Internet and get the work done. Otherwise, you don't get to eat or keep your house. So that that is the that is a prime motivator for me, keeping a roof over my head. Yeah, so I never thought of that. If you're looking, I have to write 500 words a day. It's not on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I do follow your blog, sometimes whatever, um, mm -hmm. which is right now there's a series of shots looking out from your hotel rooms on tour. <laughs> yes, I'm on tour right now, and I, this is stop 13 of 24. Uh, and so every uh, hotel room that I have, I take a picture out the, you know, out the window uh, because it's fun uh, and because it shows a little bit of the passage of time. But it's also a great way of letting people know a little bit of what it's like to be a touring author. It's like, here's the shot out my window. It's a parking lot. Next day, here's another one. It's another parking lot. I have a whole lot of parking lots going on. Well, it's kind of funny, too, because they're so banal, right? This is this is our reality. And I mm -hmm. wonder if... That was part of the motivation for you writing science fiction. Is there that world building? Is there an exercise there in creating an alternative for you? Well, I think there's two answers to that. The first was when I was a kid, I loved science fiction. So it was something that I was used to. And in fact, when I sat down to write my first novel, I literally flipped a coin to either write a science fiction novel or a mystery novel. So if it had landed on tails instead of heads, I might have a completely different career. Uh, but the other thing is, yes, I really do like imagining futures. Um, the Collapsing Empire, which is the new book, takes place 2,000 years in the future, and you have so much ability just to make things whole cloth. Um, on the flip side, I recently did a book called Lock-In that takes place only 25 years in the future, and that's actually a lot harder to write because you have to make it logically proceed from the world we live in today. And, um, you know, some of us are going to be around in 25 years and somebody will show up and go, you said this was going to happen in 25 years and you were wrong. How much plotting or planning do you do before you even sit down to write? Is this stirring through or do you, you know, map it out? Do you create a flow chart, outline, anything like that? Oh, I do not outline. That just sounds so boring to me. I would I just couldn't do it. I write to find out what I'm going to write. In, in, a, in a very real and concrete way. I usually have 
an idea of where I want to start. I usually have an idea of where I want to end. And I may have a couple of events along the way that I know I want to get to. But how I get there from you know point A to point Z, no idea. But that's the way that I, I enjoy writing. I like making it up as I go along because that also gets me really in touch with am I enjoying what I'm writing? Am I enjoying um, what my characters are saying? Because I am my first and most critical reader. And if I'm bored writing something, um, then it's 100% guaranteed that uh, you are going to be bored as well. What's the best piece of advice about writing that you ever got? Read out loud what you've written, hmm. which sounds really mundane, but I am uh, the sort of person who drops entire words and sentences and you know spells things terribly. And uh, quite honestly, reading out loud what you have written not only allows you to keep a copy editor from finding out where you live and stabbing you in the dark because you've given them this terrible, terrible manuscript, um, but it also means that you get to hear how your work sounds. And one of the things that I've found, for example, is if I'm reading a sentence and I run out of breath before the end of the sentence, then maybe I should probably revisit that sentence and see if I could make it a little bit punchier. Is there a book or a work or something that made you decide you wanted to be a writer? No. What made me decide I wanted to be a writer was when I turned in a story uh, when I was a freshman in high school, and uh, I got a good grade on it, better grade than anybody else in not just my class but the other two sections of that class. And I was struggling in my freshman year in high school. It was a, I went to a boarding school, and I was a poor kid uh, having you know, gone from you know, public school to this rich and snooty private school, which I now love, by the way, Web Schools of California. Um, but it was such a jolting um, turnaround of, you know, what my life was that I was kind of at a, at a loss and I wasn't doing very well in my classes and I was kind of confused about a lot of stuff. But here was this thing that I could do well, better than anyone else. And that's when I decided 14 – I'm done. I'm going to be a writer because clearly I can do this and everything else is hard. Now, unfortunately, I learned later that writing is also hard, but by that point it was too late. You know, I had to be I had to be a writer. John Scalzi, he is the Hugo Award-winning author of The Old Man's War series and more recently his new book, The Collapsing Empire. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you for having me. John Scalzi, author most recently of The Collapsing Empire, and our guest for the 40th edition of the 10-Minute Writer's Workshop. Thank you to everyone who subscribed, reviewed, and shared these little nuggets of writerly wisdom. The 10-Minute Writer's Workshop is a production of New Hampshire Public Radio. This episode was produced by Sarah Plord with help from Taylor Quimby, music from Franco Luzzi. To maintain your levels of writerly wisdom and inspiration, you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Audioboom. I'm Virginia Prescott. Thank you so much for helping us create this little universe 10 minutes at a time. The 10-Minute Writer's Workshop is supported by Heinemann, a provider of resources written by real teachers for real classrooms. Heinemann values teachers as decision makers and students as curious learners. Discover the path to lifelong professional learning at Heinemann.com. Heinemann, dedicated to teachers.